0: Do you like your stories told through pictures? Then you can also follow us at RealNerds on Instagram. You can also call us 720 6Nerds5. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show.
1: Camera action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd is but. Fa- film! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Take it outside.
0: Real nerd knows who shot a Real Nerd can follow the real nerd This is Real Nerd's Podcast We are the best podcast about movies on the internet Maybe not even about movies we're the best podcast ever. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Sorry, we're we're just so much more compelling than those other podcasts. Yeah. I'm Ryan. With me is Brad.
1: Yeah, true crime podcasts and go screw themselves.
0: <laughs> yes. the The true measure of success is being a movie podcast.
1: The true measure of success is going to see a new movie each week and then talking about it.
0: You're right, Brad. What a perfect segue. This week we saw The Little Mermaid, not from 1987 or 88, but... The 2023 live-action remake. Stay tuned. We'll tell you if you recommend the film or not, play the trailer, then spoil a movie that's already been out for 35 years. Um, we also have movie news and things we've watched throughout the week that I think you might like. Brad, you're sick. Yep. So I really need you to not just walk up to people and ask them to cough into your mouth. That's the first thing you have to do.
1: That's like the only joy I got out of of life (laughs) nowadays. There's nothing else for me to do except watch movies and then ask people to infect me. (laughs) Yeah, give me your diseases. (laughs) Can you do me a
0: favor? I'm going to open my mouth wide and you just spit right into it.
1: I'm like Dwight when he's like, you got to expose yourself to all the diseases so you can build immunity. (laughs) Everyone in the office (laughs) just starts coughing on them.
0: (laughs) I've been yeah. getting a lot of things about the office lately. I don't know if it's because there's that new office thing they're working on. What? <laughs> going up online a lot.
1: There, there's a new office thing.
0: Uh, yeah, they're going to do a female, uh, led office, like a female version of Michael Scott and, um, David Brandt pushed together. So
1: Nellie?
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, um, that's, that's already kind of been done, but you know, but it'll be, uh, a whole new office spinoff show or I'm guessing they'll probably just call it the office again.
1: That's fine. We've got like 40, 50 years of life left. We got to fill it with something.
0: Yeah. And you know, the, the premise works well and you know, most important thing is make it funny.
1: Yeah. It worked twice. So why not a third time? Why not?
0: This week we saw the little mermaid. Brad, do you recommend the new version of The Little Mermaid?
1: Yeah, I guess. Uh, you know, it's it's a live-action version of the cartoon you saw. So I don't know. Um, I was hoping there'd be something surprising about it, and there wasn't. Um, it's, it's exactly what it's being sold as. I didn't know the ocean in Disneyland could be so drab and boring. <laughs> um, not the design I would take. Uh, kind of wanted something more fun, but uh, yeah, it's a perfectly fine copy of the uh original, which is based on a, like a hundred year old book, so whatever.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's hard because if you're a fan of it, I mean, I think you're gonna like it. I, I don't think there's it's not as egregious as Pinocchio, um, and but the, it's a fun movie, I had fun watching it, um yeah uh I think making the ocean a little too realistic was detrimental, but you know, what do yeah. I know? <laughs> um, here's the trailer for the little mermaid.
1: Oh God shit! about you seems different. I can't quite figure it out. She got legs, you idiot.
0: Make us enemies. Little Mermaid is the story you know and know really well. Uh, Young Mermaid Ariel is fascinated with the human world. She sees the dashing Prince Eric. She wants to go meet him. And her father forbids it because he doesn't trust man. And she makes a deal with Ursula where she can be a human for three days. And
1: but she has to get up her upper voice. Correct. Her
0: one thing that Prince Eric would recognize her from. And when uh she does that she can't speak to him, but then they try to get them to kiss because the only way she can get her voice back and the spell is broken is if it's like a true love's kiss, you know, the standard princess stuff. And, um, yeah. And that's, and that's the movie. (laughs) Yep. I will say, I mean, there's parts in it, the the underwater stuff, uh, how they manipulated it with CGI. I thought looked really cool. Um, the you felt like they were swimming, but I guess my big thing too is, and I, I knew I was gonna I was gonna be a little weirded out when they make flounder look like a real flounder. And I go, I know what they were going for; they wanted to make it look real, but it loses some of the uh, charm of the original film, to in my opinion.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a lot less fun to look at.
0: Yeah, and, and you'd think with. uh You have a blank canvas and the, you know, the mermaid, a mermaid is obviously a fictional being or creature. You could make the ocean a little more vibrant. I I guess that was my only big complaint with it is it looked so realistic. But I was like, man, why do they have like pinks and fluorescents and stuff going on? Kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy planet. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, like it doesn't match the vibe of the songs that are so fun and poppy going on. Yeah, like I yeah, know it, the that first song like where she's in her like um uh her cave or whatever where she stores her stuff, you know. In the original movie that was all kind of bluish and and uh gloomy, but you know, when uh Sebastian under the sea everything, it was a little more vibrant, but still like you've got a blank canvas to do whatever you want. Like why make it so drab? No, I agree.
0: Um but I will say that uh Hal Bailey is uh she's freaking incredible oh
1: um, yeah
0: her when she um it's my wife's favorite Disney movie, so she was super excited to see it, and she was um she was blown away and just like i when she did that part of your world, I was like holy shit like this this young lady can sing and you can see why she was picked as ariel I mean. Uh, her voice is incredible Mm -hmm. and, and not only her voice, but she's, uh, she's really fun. Um, She's obviously pretty, but you know, she brings a a great sense of innocence to the role, but also she has this determination to be something that uh, her father doesn't want her to be and look for the good in people. And um, I don't know. I, I, it's one of those roles that you see someone in and you know that they're going to go on and be a big star. In my opinion, I, I think so anyways.
1: Yeah, no, I, they, yeah, there's a reason she's in that role because she did a great job at it. So.
0: And, uh, the, the guy who played Sebastian, I thought was great. Um, <laughs> Kellen really liked, uh, Jacob Trombley who played Flounder. He recognized him uh, from Luca, and so he was really excited.
1: Was he bummed there were no blobfish in the movie?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, he didn't say anything about it. Um, He wasn't as hyped after seeing this movie as he was uh, when, how would we see that he recently really liked? I can't remember off the top of my head, but he said he liked it, and he had fun. But yeah, I mean, it's hard because... The movie is pretty much beat for beat, like the original. Um, If if I had to say my biggest complaint, besides... I I think you're right on with the ocean. It should be more lively and more colorful. Um, Was the extra 20-30 minutes they had in the script really padded the film. And it definitely didn't need it.
1: Yeah, they, they even had an extra like new song, which... I swear every time they put new songs in the movies, like they don't match the vibe of the, like the the songs they made like 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Lin-Manuel Miranda is a, you know, a great writer, music writer and everything, but I don't know, like it just sticks out like a sore thumb that like, sore thumb that this, oh, here's a new song. Um, Yeah. So yeah, those kind of things were just like, yeah, felt like padding and, you know, I, I just felt like there's opportunity to like, you know, it's weird that, The first thing um you know after everything's resolved is like she has to get married like yeah maybe a little bit (laughs) yeah
0: and i i don't know why it that stuff works so well in cartoons whether it's um you know the little mermaid or even sleeping beauty but for some reason that kind of Thinking doesn't translate as well to live action for me. I don't know if it's because it's the fairy tale in it all. Um, that I think works in animation better, kind of the impressionistic style of, you know, Prince Charming and whatever. But I, I don't know why it doesn't work as well in live action for me. Maybe I, I don't, I don't have an answer for it.
1: Yeah. And then I, I, I did actually watch the cartoon recently. Um, was Ursula always like, a sibling of King Triton?
0: Oh, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe? Possibly? Um, yeah. I mean, but Melissa McCarthy, she's great in it, too. And I, I thought Poor Unfortunate Souls was really cool, and that her animations were really sweet, as um, how they um, made her an
1: octopus lady. Yeah. But, you know, with all the t- time they wanted to fill, they could have, like, made her backstory maybe more interesting or something, and not just, like, Uh, She's like a sea octopus thing that's just like mad at Triton for uh, something. I don't remember. Like, what's the feud about? Yeah, he he banished her. I don't I don't know for what. Yeah, yeah, I I don't recall. Um, Yeah, yeah. like you you had your second chance to make this movie. And yeah, it's they just kind of I would have wanted something new, you know. Yeah. Uh, like, like like Ariel gets up there she's like all into uh Eric or something and then by the end of the movie like she just meets like one other dude she's like oh shoot. <laughs> There's so many like <laughs> men to choose from.
0: You know, I, you know, my favorite part of the movie actually was when Ariel was exploring the island. I thought that was the most alive the movie was mm-hmm. where she was meeting all the people um the farmers, the uh street vendors and and my favorite song from the original film is kiss the girl. And I thought that was really cool and nicely done. Um, So, yeah, Uh, again, I I think it's, it's a good one. I still think Cinderella is the best live action Disney movie Uh, that or the jungle book. Um, But I mean, this one isn't a, a bad one. I think it's a good movie. It's just, there <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what else to say about it um, yeah,
1: they made a, a really spiffy looking live action clone of the movie so yep and then, then like de- I said, and then desaturated it
0: <laughs> i think the most important thing to take from it is uh how ba- how bailey is really great um and i expect a lot of big things from her in the future because i'm guessing she's pretty young um yeah probably so. early 20s Yeah, so she has quite the career ahead of her. They cast they cast the movie well. And in the cartoon, is there a shark that chases Ariel and Flounder? I think there is, isn't there?
1: Yeah, there is. Yeah, I forgot about it until I rewatched it. Yeah, so that part was another recreation. Um, I couldn't
0: remember. It's been so long since I've seen it, but... I mean, I I know the movie well, obviously, so I remember the big beats in the film.
1: Yeah, and they left out a sebastian getting uh chased around by the chef right
0: yeah yeah la poisson was not in the film yeah they they got rid of that for uh the scuttle but or whatever yeah um yep uh this is the big news story of the week it's real news well brad did you see the actual trailer for teenage mutant ninja turtles i did um i think it looks really fun and i uh i kellen is asking to see that movie really bad he wants to see it really bad awesome uh yeah he he does this every once in a while and he uh he saw, it and I says, well, buddy, I also have all of the old cartoons, and so we're going to start watching those. Because he's now interested in the Ninja Turtles. Sweet. The correction yeah, I, begins. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I the animation is already incredible in it. And yeah. um, so I'm not as well-versed. So I'm guessing that's Baxter Stockton, right, who's the main villain in it?
1: Actually, no, that's Superfly. That's a completely new creation. Uh huh. for this movie. Um Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't use Baxter, but um yeah, uh I'm, I don't know why I'm not shocked they didn't have like maybe Shredder's still in the background somewhere or something, but like like yeah, you can't have movies where Shredder's not the main focus of everything. But um also like if you're building like maybe a new franchise ish thing, um maybe you save that for the third one or something. So yeah, it's it's a interesting collection of like they're just fighting all these uh monsters related to it's kinda like the TMNT animated film from two thousand seven.
0: Yeah. I, I I watching the trailer, I got the vibe that they were uh they're kind of reestablishing the turtles, um, kind of giving them another new world, but making it familiar enough where you recognize what's going on.
1: Um and putting the but focus I mean, back on the turtles instead of like,
0: yeah, exactly. Burning in
1: April. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, I, I've, the one
0: thing I love that Spider Man, um, into the Spider-Verse did is it kind of re, uh, did how animation is done, where now you see stuff like Puss in Boots, uh, last year. The animation in that is incredible mm-hmm. and so unique. And now that you're starting to see, that happen more uh, is really cool. Even stuff uh like Mitchell's versus the machines, you know, it's no longer just, uh, I want to say the Pixar style, which is still a great style, but yeah now they're, they're letting artists kind of come back into and putting their unique stamp on it. And right. I think that's one of the biggest selling points besides it being the Ninja turtles. I, I think the animation in it looks incredible.
1: Yeah. They're kind of, Styling it back to a like a hybrid of 3D and 2D.
0: Yeah. And it has that like a paint stroke look to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and so I'm excited for it. I think it looks really cool. Um, and honestly, I haven't been this excited for a Ninja Turtles movie maybe since the first one. (laughs) Wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, the the live action ones, the Michael Bay ones, I mean, I want to, I wanted to see them, but, I wasn't excited to see it, but seeing this animation style, the way they're going, it it makes me excited to see them again.
1: Just something new, you know, me too. I I hope they get another 10 years out of this. So just keep the uh, brand going. Heck yeah.
0: And then, uh, Tom Holland is out promoting his new show on Apple plus, which, uh, I I'll watch eventually. (laughs) Um, but, uh, They've, uh, they've paused it, but they're, uh, they're working on Spider-Man 4. All so, right. I mean, it's not, I and mean, it's not like shocking, but, uh, you know, they never officially said if Tom Holland was coming back or not. Um, but he said that he's been having meetings, but he's going to wait till after the writer strike because out of, he's going to stand with the writers and he's not going to create any stories without them. So, um, yeah, it's, it's cool. I can't wait. I I still think that my personally, I think they should do a, like a Craven's last hunt, uh, kind of Spider-Man movie. Or I, I, one of the things I think would really work in a Spider-Man movie. And I've said this for years is, uh, the spider slayers, um, where you have, you know, an evil genius create robots that are specifically designed to kill Spider-Man. I think that'd be a really
1: cool story. Um, well, they do have that Craven movie coming out, so that's at least half of I time. know.
0: And if that does well, I mean, I, I, I heard the footage they showed at CinemaCon is really, really impressive. So we'll see. <laughs> I mean, if I guess if I had to pick a Spider-Man villain that could probably be unique enough to be in a movie, Craven's one of them. You know, he's a Russian aristocrat who imbues himself with a super soldier serum so he can hunt. Things And when he gets tired of hunting animals, he decides to hunt Spider-Man. I mean, so you can make a story about that. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. The Sony uh Spider-Man movies have not inspired me that they can do well with their villains. So we'll see. I did have a friend tell me that she thinks Morbius is one of the coolest movies she's ever seen. I go, wow. wow friendship right.
1: friendship oh. over.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I said, oh, uh, okay. I mean, hey, movies are interpretive art. I'm sure somebody loves it as much as she does. <laughs> but I was a little shocked.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anywho, and that's the news of the week. This is stuff we watch throughout the week.
1: Oh uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching.
0: Brad, what you watch this week?
1: Uh, a couple of, uh, a couple of the uh, not so great Van Damme movies. Uh, but mostly uh the Ted Lasso finale. Um, which I I thought was good.
0: Oh I mean, man, I've been. I mean, I haven't watched it. I'm still like, you know, thirteen episodes behind. <laughs> but like, the internet isn't seem, doesn't seem too happy with this final season of Ted Lasso.
1: Uh, yeah, because, uh, you know, everything it sets up in season two kind of doesn't really pay off. Um, it almost feels like they had an idea of what they wanted to do and then they broke the season and then came back and were like, oh, we're actually ending this thing. Well, now we got to like drop those storylines and just find a way to the end. Uh, mm. so like a good, I'd say a good, like nine or 10 episodes are like this path of like, where's this going? And then. The last three or so are like, Oh, this is what the show was supposed to be. Okay. You know. It's, it's a little rushed. Still, still huh?
0: think it's really good though. I mean, the critics still like it, but I was just reading Scuttlebutt on the internet that some people are upset.
1: Yeah. I just, cause it just feels like a little it's less, less focused than the other two, you know? Um, I don't know what I want to say like giving away spoilers or something, but like you know, Keely takes that new job and that kind of fills out and Nate, you know, is set up to be this big nemesis and he never really like, there's like one match versus him. And then he has like this whole arc with like a, finding a girlfriend. There's like, this is going to get him back to, you know, friends with Ted. He, like, and then all of a sudden, uh, it seems a little unearned. Um, they just kind of like pull him back into the fold. Um, Nicely, but also, like, it just feels like, um, it just feels unearned, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you didn't have to try that hard to, um, resolve that. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm dancing around spoilers so hard. That's fine. Um, yeah, and you know, I, yeah, Keeley has, starts this whole business thing and, like, gets in this other relationship with this, uh, her boss, and, um, you're just like, what, like, what did that add to the story? Um yeah what did Nate being in in West Ham and uh working with Rupert do f- uh for the story not much um yeah and then uh, uh what's her name uh the boss lady Blanking her name right now oh uh darn it <laughs> yeah
0: I would think of boss lady because that's what Ted calls her
1: um yeah the owner of richmond uh yeah she goes on rebecca. this like yeah rebecca she's a uh, like goes to see this uh um, psychic who predicts a bunch of stuff and so like the whole season she's just running into all these things that she thinks it's all bullshit and but then these things just pop up and it turns out to be sort of true um and that doesn't really lead her anywhere I, yeah i don't know uh yeah. It's, it's 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 a lot of stuff that gets set up and then the last three episodes kind of like drop it all and just head to the finale and does all the cool like great stuff you want it to do. So mm. yeah, a little little rushed but satisfying, you know. And the final yeah. match is great. Yeah. So yeah, what did you watch?
0: Uh I watched a couple things. Uh I finally watch the series finale of the walking dead i i got behind a season and then when you get behind you know 10 or 15 episodes i said well i'll just wait for the blu-ray to come out and then the blu-ray took a really long time to come out um but it finally did and kind of the same feeling that you had with ted lasso is the season is good it's not like they're it's bad But as I'm watching it, and it's an extra long season, I think it's 24 episodes, and usually The Walking Dead's like 12, 15, or 16, so there's a lot of more episodes. But as I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, this is a really cool story, and then I realized I was on like disc five, and there's six discs, and I go, oh, man, they only have like four episodes left. What the fuck are they going to do to resolve this story, and... They do, and then they do a time jump that's only, like, the last ten minutes of the last episode without really – I don't know if the right word is. It's, like, it's not – I don't know. I mean, it's, like, a happy ending-ish, but because they have, like, three spinoffs coming from characters – that are in the show you knew that the stakes in the finale weren't going to be that big if that makes sense that the all these main characters are going to make it out so the walking dead while still is a really good show i think lost some of its bite wink wink when yeah uh, um they stopped sacrificing main characters so they always felt like they were safe if that makes any sense where in the early seasons, main characters would die constantly. So there was this added element of everybody's in danger. Yeah, And in The Walking Dead, this final season too, there was a couple moments where uh, the last couple of seasons I liked because they made the zombies kind of dangerous again, where there was a time when they would just walk up and like kill them. And it wasn't an issue. And about halfway through the season, the, in the final season, the zombies started getting smarter and were climbing walls and opening doors and using weapons. And then it kind of just went away hmm. until the very last episode. They're like, oh, the zombies are climbing up the walls now. But then there's a part where a zombie picked up a knife and it was never used. And so it's just, I don't know, there's just moments where you go, it seems like they didn't want to end it with season 11, but they decided to and put everybody in spinoff shows. Yeah. And, um, it's still good. <laughs> I, I still enjoyed it. Um, I've, I, evidently they can say fuck now on AMC. So, oh, um, nice. Yeah. So there's a couple instances of the F word dropping throughout this show, unless it's uncensored on the Blu-ray. I don't know. Um, I,
1: uh, yeah, I, I think I dropped off like season 10 or something. So yeah, good, it, I'm really behind.
0: Yeah, it got good with The Whisperers. I thought The Whisperers were a really cool uh, villain or group.
1: Was that and, the it, it, ones led by Samantha Morton?
0: Yeah. yeah. Um. And But yeah, it, it's still good. But I, I wish there was more at stake and that there was more danger. Um, but it was fun. And uh, the only other thing I watched was... Uh, Uh, Mary Tyler Moore which is a documentary that is on HBO well Max Um, and it just follows Mary Tyler Moore's uh, life and I know you're like me that I mean I fell in love with Mary Tyler Moore watching Dick Van Dyke on Nick at Night and there was this really uh, they have voiceover so Mary Tyler Moore they take archival interviews with her and she talks throughout the documentary but they also get people like rob reiner and dick van dyke talk about her um and they're never shown on camera it's all just show they do voiceovers and clips of uh mary tyler moore um, throughout her career and it was uh really fun and she kind of had a tragic life off camera but for her to be you know, as bubbly and as fun as she is on camera is a testament to her and what she went through. Um, but yeah, it, it was a really fun documentary. And as someone who thinks she's one of the greatest comedians ever, it was really cool to see her life's work in a two hour documentary and, um, and how far, you know, things have come. I I didn't know this about her. Her first real gig was she was this phone operator for uh the show. I forget the name of the show, but um all they did was she lowered her voice and they would show her legs and she would talk to her like detective partner and she went in to ask if she could get more money and they said, we could get any pair of legs to be you and they fired her for it. It's like, oh shit. Um, but, you know, that's what it was in the not-so-long-ago 1950s.
1: <laughs> yeah, I watched it. They had an a biography on her back in the 90s that I saw, and yeah, I, was, I knew all the tragic stuff.
0: Yeah, um, it's just uh, yeah, it's fascinating. And anybody who's interested not only in Mary Tyler Moore, but I think in early television and her struggles to make Mary Richards from the Mary Tyler Moore show, you know, a single woman who goes on dates and has sex is uh really fascinating. And the story the struggle she had to fight with it and, you know, her own struggles with alcoholism and things like that. It was just really uh really interesting documentary and I think everybody should watch it because it's really well done. And that's what I watched this week. Uh next week Our movie of the week is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which I'm excited for. Taking my kid and my wife wants to come. So that's good.
1: I've already seen Um, it.
0: I know I'm jealous. I I wanted to see it last night, but because it's two and a half hours, that'd be really irresponsible parenting by my part. And my kid really wanted to see it. so (laughs) um, I have not. If I could skip work to see it, I would
1: plenty of days in the week for you to go see it. So yes, but it's wow. That's an earlier view. Perfect. Like if you thought the animation was incredible the first time, you have no idea.
0: Uh, That makes me so excited. Um, You can also see us at the end of June at the beginning of July at Denver convention center for Denver fan expo. I heard our booth is going to be a blockbuster. (laughs) <laughs> um <laughs> so come and say hi, uh, yeah, um, we're also in June, so happy Pride month, and we'll see you at the movies. bye
1: knows.
0: Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bolognium for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it!